And you're welcome to Racing Only Better. It's Grand National Day at Aintree. We've made it to the end of the week, the end of the three-day festival. And we are here to mark your card once again. Hope your luck is with you so far. And hopefully we'll give you a decent steer over the course of the final day. In the company, Kevin Blake. How are you, Kevin? Hello, Hugo. Excellent. Yeah, dramatic first day of Aintree. Enjoyed it greatly, and despite the lack of winners. But uh, we get to try again, Hugh. That's the beauty we, of it. That's the beauty. We get to go again, Tony Calvin. Life gives you other opportunities. It does. Looking mm. forward to uh, Saturday's supper. Recording this on Thursday, so the usual caveats. But yeah, had a good had a good look. So yeah, let's get stuck in. And our dogger of the podcast today is Mr. <laughs> Daniel Barber. He's had no business all afternoon. He's feeling very lonely. If you're anywhere near the area, do knock on the window and give him a bit of business. He could do it, couldn't you, Dan? Uh, yes, I would. And, uh, and as a monk, any time I've been to Aintree and got back alive, I'm I'm, I'm very happy. Lovely. Okay, let's get going for the 225. The first race ITV are showing on the day. It is the Mersey Novices Hurdle. It's two and a half miles. It is a great one. Three Stripe Life is your five to two favorite for Gordon Elliott. Uh, walking on air for Nikki Henderson, three to one. You've got North Lodge for Alan King, seven to one. Good risk at all, eight to one. And it's nine to one bar. Kevin Blake, Three Stripe Life. I know you're a fan of this horse. Um, he stays all day, two and a half miles. Should be right up his trip. Second last time out. He's the bet for me. What about you? Um, yeah, sure. Look, he's going to be the one to beat, isn't he? Uh, you know, I suppose you look at the second Sir Gerhardt, you know, take him out. What did he beat? You know, he was going he was going to beat Journey for me, who took a tired fall at the last. And what do we want? Like, I don't think it's electric form that puts him a mile clear. Um, and sure, look, Davy Russell's head must be fried. He hasn't had a winner since before Cheltenham. He, he you know, that all that happened to him today happened to him. Um, he'll be absolutely gagging to get a winner. Um, and get the get the old monkey off his back, but um, I, I've liked North Lodge all season. Um, I think he lost nothing in defeat at Kelso last time. He, he's learning and getting better all the time, and he might just improve enough now for this extra couple of furlongs to, to go and uh, and get a grade one win. So North Lodge for me. North Lodge seven to one, tidy price. Uh, Tony Calvin, where have you come down on this one? I'm not going to have a bet, but if okay. I am going to, I'll probably lean towards. Um, Colonel Mustard, I think it's a fair price at nine to one on what he's shown so far. I think that county hurdle third is uh, is good form. They put the first time hood on, uh, but it's a really deep race, um, and I want to see how uh, the runner up in the county hurdle first street gets on on Friday before I, I part with some cash. But mm. yeah, I think at the prices, even as we stand, I think Colonel Mustard each way at nines uh, with the first time hood um, could well be interesting but yeah I mean the interesting one here I, I put in a word I spoke to Nico de Boinville this morning for about walking on air you get the impression they really really like this horse but you know for, for what he's shown so far you know the three to one compared to the grade one form of uh, free strike life, life yeah it's very skinny but he's had his problems since Newbury but they really do like it and and Henderson is just a master at bringing uh, horses uh, through to this meeting as we saw today with Epitont Colonel Mustard with the revolver in the study. Dan Barber, last word to you. Uh, good risk at all with the easy win with the bridle. That doesn't make sense, does it? Um, with the Eric. On the race course. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not deserting <laughs> this horse. I think, um, I think there are holes in that Ballymore farm this season. The, the tie, Even though Wednesday was the wettest day since, since Noah was around, mm. the time of the Coral Cup, which was later on the card, was faster than the Ballymore. I mean, it just shouldn't really be happening. The ground's supposed to get worse. Should have been slower. It was basically a two-horse race from a fair way out. Two or three-horse race. And most of the others were absolutely legless. So I'm opposing three-stripe life. I'm opposing walking air for the reasons Tony says. And I'm just going to back Goodrich until he gets beaten. I think he's a serious horse. Massive engine. 
hammered them in a handicap. Worsening of the ground won't bother him. Um, I'd have liked to see him go for a Coral Cup or a Martin Pipe at Cheltenham. That didn't happen. They're pitching him into a grade one. And I, I, I do think he's up to it. I think he's a really good horse. Lovely. Okay, good stuff. Strong case there. Right, we'll move on to the uh, three o'clock, gents. It's the Michael Novices Chase, so two miles here. We have our Arkle winner, Edward Stone, uh, at four to six. So I don't know whether or not you consider that value given the strength of the opposition. Gentlemen, do me next best in the betting at nine to four for Willie Mullins. Third time, Lucky is in there at four to one for the Skeletons. Amarillo Sky, 33s, and you can have much you like about the rest. Tony, Edward Stone, for a lot of people, would be the banker of the day on Grand National Day, but he's four to six. Is that a, a fair price? I think it is, actually. I mean, there's always the Cheltenham Aintree dilemma backing up, isn't there? But mm. uh, on what we know, um, you know, he, he's rock solid. He's, he's danced every dance this season. He's always come out smiling, apart from that uh, hiccup first time up. And four to six, I think he wins six times out of ten races of this of this running. So, yeah, I think four to six is fair. Obviously, Woody brings gentleman to me here. Who on, on official ratings doesn't have that much to find, which is quite bizarre, but they have been wide margin wins at, at heavy odds on. But he comes here a fresher horse, having missed Cheltenham, uh, and he'll probably get the run of the race out in front on his own, gentlemen, to me. So, you know, if you do, if you are backing Edwardstone, I think you might have a few hairy moments, but uh, given that the profile of the horse and just uh, the likability of him and, and, the, and the form levels, I think, yeah, I think he's a fair price at four to six. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going mad to lane. Yeah, I, I'm with you, I have to say, um, even at the, at, the, at the skimpy price as well. But four to six, I mean, he's done what he's done so far this season. Dan Barber, he's a he's a bet for me. Yeah, well, my um, my allegiance is, and I think Kev's as well to this horse have been going since the day we saw him win at Sandown together. I think he's just a, just a pro. I keep using that word to describe him. He just does everything right. And if you're going to draw one horse this week, or you're not bothered about a quick turnaround after winning at Cheltenham, it's basically him because mm. he's got an unbelievable constitution. I think if he turns up, He'll win. I think we've seen again for, via Gin and Lime, Gin and Lime the first days at, at Aintree, that the shorter distance Irish novice chasers aren't really up to much. And no. the, the sway is held by the British and the best of the British at the minute is um, is clearly Edward Stone. Absolutely. Kevin, make it a hat-trick. Off you go. Yeah, I love the horse. I thought he was really good at Cheltenham. Like he's not spectacular, but he's just neat, efficient, and he's just a very good horse. And I, I don't like gentlemen to me. I think that that official handicapper's got a bit excited there. Maybe he's right now, but I don't. It's you know, it seems very punchy to me to have him just three pounds lower than Edward Stone at this stage. And uh, sure, look with far pleasure in there to uh, to make the run. And you know, I think it'll set up nicely for Edward Stone, and hopefully he'll put a cap on what's been a brilliant season. Okay, we'll move on to the um, three-mile hurdle then, the Liverpool hurdle, 3.35 on the cards. Again, a great one. Again, this could be a short conversation because I just don't see anything turning the form with uh, Florian Porter from Cheltenham. I know he's following it up and I know he was very impressive that day. I guess the big question, Dan, is do you think, you know, winning the Stayers took anything out of Florian Porter? It's hard to make a case that it did, really. I guess we won't know until he turns up on the day. 13 to 8 is the price at the moment. Are you with or against him? Oh, well, a couple of things I think I want to be against him. I'm not doubting he's got the best form in the race. Of course he has. But last year, he didn't go to Aintree. He turned out at Pungestown instead and completely blew out after winning at Cheltenham. Mm. And the other thing for me to consider is the fact that surely he won't get a softer lead. Ashdale Bob went blasting off in the Coral Cup. Um, even Dan Skelton's as Molly Oddish Wishes has made the, the running in the past. It all rests on that. But on worsening ground, I've been there on Thursday and it, it was bucketing it down on and off all day. The weather was yeah. horrendous. The ground is getting worse and it's become it becomes more of a slog. I do think it brings Time Hill right into it. He, he finished second at Cheltenham, probably would have finished 
third in another stride or two because Paisley Park was really getting going. But that just wasn't a race that suited him. He's not a tactical quickener or anything. He's just a galloper who stays mm. very well. And I think if Florian Porter, and he's reliant on this, Florian Porter gets taken on for the lead and it becomes a truer test of stamina, I think the long straight will really play to Time Hill's strength. And, and he is still a fresh horse in, really, isn't he? Because he's, he's had such a quiet season. He has. Um, Cheltenham, and then before that, you go back to December, Ascot, and before that, November. So it's only been three runs so far this season, mm. Tony. I can, you can see the case, like, maybe for Time Hill, allowing Florian Porter to maybe get a bit of a competition for the lead and then picking him off late on. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I like to say there's two potential flies in the ointment if you're backing expecting Florian Porter to, to make it all in there. Obviously, there's always there's always the temperament issue with uh, Florian Porter as well before the race. And as we all know, can be quite claustrophobic in that entry uh, panic beforehand and going through onto the track. I didn't think I was going to have a bet in this race, but the more I looked, the more I just was drawn to Kashari each way at 20 to, 25 Ooh. to 1. Um, we're only getting three places at the moment. Perhaps the sportsman will get a bit more generous on the day, but even 25 to 1 free places, I think, is very fair. Now, this horse obviously was a, a little bit of an underachiever with Willie Mullins, but always caught the eye a few times. But he did win at punches down, 100 grand race there. And, uh, yeah, he's, run, he's probably won his two best races since joining uh, Current Connections for... He wasn't sold at the sale, so he must have done a private, private sale there. But he won over course and distance, uh, 80 to 1 first time out for New Connections. And then go back and have a look at that, that, that Stayers Hurdle one. It, it was a brilliant run. I mean, he was only beating seven and a half lengths and he was 100 to one po there, but um, he travelled really well throughout the race. He got messed a bit about on the running and he, he's, he's run tapered off after the last. I think this track, obviously, is one over course and distance. I think this easier track will suit him there. And I don't think he's a, a fall-on hope to get in the frame here. And maybe, obviously, the horse has got a bit of shock value about him as well. I just thought... I just thought, after go back and have a look at that Cheltenham run. Um, 25 to 1 at each way, three places is, is big about Kashari, and that's who I've backed. Kashari, 25 to 1 for Tony Calvin each way with the places. Kev, are you with her against the Fab? I'm sure, look, I've struggled with this division all season, really, Hugh. They've been beating each yeah. other. Um, Florin Porter was really good at Cheltenham, but he did get things his own way. Um, Danny Mullins rode a fabulous race. And the thing about being a front runner in, in these top races is if you, you can ride in the sleep once, but you'll be lucky to get away with it two twice in a row. And um, as, the, as Dan mentioned, like Ashdale Bob could be one that keeps some company. There might be one or two others. And uh, look, Time Hill ran a super race at Cheltenham. He would have preferred a stronger test of stamina. He won this race last year. He was the one I was kind of liking for the stairs heard last season. So uh, I probably better stick with him here, but it's not a bullish view. Okay, fair enough, lads. It is Florian Porter for me. Um, the quarter past four, four fifteen on the card. Then the Betway handicap chase: three miles, one furlong, a Grade Three. Cham Blue for the Skeletons after finishing uh, sixth at Cheltenham is a near five to two favourite. Um, Oscar Elite six to one. T Clipper for Tom Lacey seven to one. Commodore sixty four back in the day at eight to one. Captain Or at eight to one, and it's twelve to one bar here. So right, Kev, um, it's a tricky enough one to to work out this. I, I don't know, maybe it's Chamblou a little bit short for you at five to two. Are you looking elsewhere? Or are you with the favourite? Um, I found it very difficult to you. Look, the case mm. for Chamblou is, is really obvious. Look, he's a horse that we loved as a novice last season. He got some kind of, uh, what would you call it, kind of over, overly positive rides at times. And he, he was making his comeback at Weatherby there in the, in the Charlie Hall last October. God, it seems a long time ago now. And it looked like he was going to absolutely dance in. Yeah. Like he, he fell at the third last, but it, it was hard to see him being beaten at the time. Mm. And he was running to surely a higher mark than on his way to running surely to a higher mark than 148. The handicapper was obliged to leave him alone because it was the third last he fell at. And he had a little setback. 
Um, you know, he, he probably needed the run in the Ryanair chase on his comeback. So the case from there off 148 here is pretty clear. Look, I always kind of preferred him at a mid-range trip, but he might get away with it here um, around this track or over the extended three miles. I'm sure, look, he's the obvious one, Hugh, and I was trying... Uh, if you don't like him, he'll make the market for you, but it, it just wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if he went one well. If the answer is staring at the face, Tony Calvin, just go and take it. Sham Blue, five to two. Mm, not for me. Not um, for no, I think the, this might be redundant by the time people listen to this, but as, as Commodore's first reserve in the national, but I think if he gets a run in here, uh, I think he's a big player. I mean, the Sportsbook are ducking him at eight to one at the moment. Uh, he's a lot bigger elsewhere, but I think they're right to duck him. Um, think about this horse is his best when fresh. He only failed to give Snow Leopard this four pounds first time out last season. And obviously at Cheltenham in December, he was just absolutely electric. I know this mm. is a, a far deeper race. He's nine pound higher. There will be more competition for the lead. But having a look at the rival, the pace rivals in there, there's four, three or four possibles against him. I, I'd favour him to get rid of those. And if he gets into a rhythm that he did at Cheltenham uh, last time, he could be very, very hard to pick up here. He's just, um, I just think there's a lot going for this kind of horse. And uh, like I say, the freshness angle, the pace angle, um, he's, I think he's got a lot going for him. If you can get a double figure price about him, which will you all do on the exchange, I think Commodore is the way to go if he doesn't get in the big one. Excellent. Okay. If he doesn't on the national, he might be the one in this at eight to one, as uh, Tony mentioned. Um, Dan, last word to you on this race, please. Yeah, just at the, a price like that in a big handicap. It's a bit like Langer Dan on the Friday. I just, if they win, they win. I'm just going to back something else. I thought Captain Ord was the most solid. I mean, yeah, he, he was basically peaked to win at Kempton, and he did during that remarkable period for Christian Williams that continues to this day. Kitty's Light hasn't let that form down at all. He was second. Kitty's Light, despite making a terrible mistake early on in the Scottish National, still came through to finish second behind his stable mate, Win My Wings. I've been extolling the virtues of the Win My Wings form line via my fancy of a clear surf in the Grand National on Saturday. It's a form line I like. And I, I think he's very solid. When when he found his form last season, Captain Hardy, he held it really well. And I don't see any reason now, given he's only just peaking, why it won't be the same. Yeah, yeah okay. Did the handicapper stick him up three pounds just sitting in his box after that kitty's light? Someone, but I think the owner was having him and Christian Williams is having a moan. Yeah, about yeah, I can't remember how much it was. He did go up a little bit, but I think I mean, three pounds. If, yeah, the, handic if the handicappers, I don't know. I think some credit to the handicapper for admitting he got it wrong first time. There's actually no, I was too low on that form. Mm. I suppose okay. he had a bit more info there, didn't he? So. Mm. Good stuff, then. Uh, that's, that brings us neatly to the Aintree Grand National, then. Oh. Um, six places on the sports book here. Um, the highlight of the week. And, look, it's a it's a right old puzzle here. Look, Slow Leopard S is your favourite at 13-2. to two. We've got likes of Delta Work, of course, one um, at Sheldon, the cross-country at 8-1. to one. You've got any second now, 9-1. to one. Manila Times, defending champion for Rachel Blackmore, 10-1. to one. Ascaria, 10. Eclair Surf gets in there, Daniel Barber. Um, Eclair's longhouse poet. On the roof. Look, there's so many here. I mean, and obviously it's the Grand National, so I mean they all have claims, really. Um, it's just I guess deciding which horse you're prepared to come down on. Um, right, kick us off here, Tony Calvin, please. Your most likely winner of the Aintree Grand National. Uh I'll say a clear surf. Um, I I did go back and have I decided this morning I was gonna go back, forgetting all the bets I've had in the race. I'll back Santini each way at 50s. I bet Kildasar each way at fifties, and I bet uh, Claire Surf at twenties and eighteen. So, but I decided I was going to go with a 
with a blank check because it wasn't. I went back and had a look at all of a Claire, Claire Surf's run. And the more I did look at all his runs this season, the more you really can see him clobbering one and, and not recovering. But, you know, I know if is the most ex- expensive uh, word in horse racing. If he puts in a blemish-free round uh, going from the front, then I think a Claire Surf is the best handicapped horse in the race. Mm. Everything going for him. His form stacks up and that's great. Um, I stand by all the other horse, all the, you know, they're not flash prices because they're the same win-only prices on the exchange now. But I had to, when I had another look, and I've been backing one on the exchange this morning and this afternoon, and he is Noble Yates at 90 and a half. Oh, and he's currently fair, trading at five, and I expect him to be trading at that um, on, on Saturday because, you know, obviously we all know about this horse. Um, he's got... Um, He's caught the eye a few times to the race readers uh, since winning at Galway in October. Um, and he was bought for a, a punchy sum by Robert Rady Cohen um, after the fourth in the Towton. And that, if that run, I know he's, the trends boys won't like him because he's a seven-year-old, he's a novice, etc. Last seven-year-old was 1940, Tony. 1940. It was. It was. Did you see the news today, Tony? This is going to be Sam Whaley Cohen's last ever ride. He's retiring after this. Oh. Okay. Well, his record over the national defenses is unbelievable, isn't it? It's real. Um, Six winners over the national defenses. But yeah, he's. Um, I just. I look at the horse anyway. So I. I think he's. I think he's reasonably handicapped on that Telton form. Obviously, you're a hoist and you're the one the race. But you know, the thirds come out and finish a good fifth in the Scottish National. Saint Palais last to four there. Come out of one at Utopia. So I think he's handicapped to run to run a decent race. Um, Obviously, we don't know about the Stanley. We don't know about Trip, but like I said, he's been he's been a bit of an eye catcher. And if you remember, at the time of the weights lunch, there was a big story about him being bought, and he was actually matched at as low as twenty five to one on the exchange. Yeah, and he was mm. around about that price of the fixed odds. He was one hundred and twenty when the market suspended, the end post market suspended on Thursday, and he's now around about eighty five ninety. I just think I'm, I'm willing to have a stab at him because I think um, I think there's some mileage in him. Right. Okay. Lovely. Noble Yates at a big old price. I tell you, if Eclair Surf does win this race, poor Icy's going to have to delete his Twitter account. Dan, are you sticking with Eclair Surf here? Yeah, I am. I mean, I have thought he might go for Shorten's a favourite. I wonder if how much of his price as the anti post market shut was fears that he wouldn't get in um, and stuff like that. But no, I've, I've been making the occasion for a while since since last Saturday. Really. I liked him anyway. He's a thorough stayer. I think he'll get the right ride. He'll be handy throughout. And yeah, I think he's well handicapped on what he did. Uh, not just what he did behind Win My Wings, but what he did in the classic chase to a horse that's since finished second in an Ultima. So he's my first pick. And I will be adding a couple more. I've got to keep any second now on side because he probably would have won the race last year if things had gone better for him. And he's teed up for it. Probably an even better Nick this year, getting up late to win the Bobby Joe. And my third pick, while I'm at it, uh, is Deesha Abbott. A big prize. He's fifties plus. It, it, he's known, yeah. He's he's known as a sandown horse for obvious reasons because he runs in that Masters handicap and wins it all. Finishes second every year, and he ran an absolute smasher there behind Highland Hunter. Then went on to finish placed in in a Welsh National. And as well as that, he's got one run at Aintree this season. I know it's a completely different test, but he he showed that. It's not just Sandown where he shows his form. He ran well over hurdles at Aintree. And I just like the untapped stamina that he's got. He is an out-and-out stayer who largely jumps well, and he's a massive prize. So he was my he was my third pick. Okay, I'm back in 266 to one shots here. Lost in oh. translation is the first one. 
And I, I, I just I was listening to Gordon Elliott speak during the week about um, Sam Crow having operation on his sinuses, oh, and he's a completely different horse, and he's flying around the gallops. Oh, they do. Because... Are they fit in four wheels to him and an engine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give him a chance at sixty-six to one, just for the crack, because it's Sam Crow, because I love him. Um, but we'll see what happens. Breaking news: Don Pony's been reintroduced into the national. Go up, Pony. God, Pony. Sam Crow, Don Pony, Lovely. Pays five grand to one. What about you, Kev? Um, I have this down to two, Hugh. If you'll give me two, um, yeah. they both—they're not totally dissimilar profiles. So the one I narrowly, narrow, very, very narrowly came out in favour of was Longhouse Poet, uh, Martin Brazel, a previous winner of the race, obviously. Yeah, and I, I just love his profile. Like he has some eye-catching form there in maiden chases last year. He he beat Run Wild Fred one day, punches down, um, missed a bit of time, and you just get the impression that Brazel, like who, who's as clever as he comes now. Like he's been working backwards from, you know, the national, uh, either this one or the Irish one, I suppose, depending on how the season went. But it, and I, I suspect listening to him during the week, like he was a bit surprised this horse won the, the TSAs. Like I suspect he was just kind of hoping he'd run a nice race and he kind of <laughs> went around. The, he went around the houses that day. And um, like, like Martin said, he didn't think he'd be fit enough, sharp enough to win it. Like he jumped great. He jumped lovely and neat. Like he probably hit the front early enough. And he managed to hang on and win, um, like like what, what is a big big handicap chase over here. And he gave him a spin around over hurdles last time just to keep the wheels turning. And it would all have been about peaking him for this. And he just has that right style. Like he, he's bred to stay, um, most certainly bred to stay. Um, and and you know, I just I just like the way he goes about it. He'll travel. He'll have no trouble traveling up in a handy position there. Um, and he'll either stay or he won't. Um, so he, he was one that I really liked and the other fella who I'd liked for a couple of months now and I've just gone off him a little a tiny bit late on which you know normally is, is tells you he's an absolute certainty but enjoyed enjoyed Alan and um, mm. Kieran Murphy and um, again eight-year-old you know not a similar profile has been trained with, with nothing but this day in mind all season JP's horse he bought from France isn't it yeah no JP bought him recently off mm. um off them or off whoever owned him previously I'm not sure who it was okay. But, um, okay he he just had a lovely prep he, he ran lovely in the Irish National last season and finished third and they've just been working backwards from this all season ran a lovely race in the Paddy Power you know finishing off quite well um and a nice a nice run over hurdles last time hurdles just isn't his bag really um it'll put him spot on for this like i think the ground's not going to be a problem the the, the only thing that makes him a uh, marginal second to me for longhouse poet is he, he doesn't travel quite as well as longhouse poet he um he, he can just take a bit of niggling along which which i don't think is ideal in the modern national but um con roar knows him well uh, uh, hopefully he'll be able to um, you know, coax him into the race late on and, and get heavily involved. It would be a great story, Kieran Murphy, um, who would have pre-trained a couple of national winners because he used to do a lot of pre-training for Jigginstown and he would have pre-trained Tiger Roll and uh, ruled the world. So okay. this, this wouldn't be his first rodeo now in terms of an involvement with a, with a Grand National horse. And I think the two of them now, I'm back in the two of them, and um, hopefully what, you know, they'll both still be in the game going out on the last circuit and we'll, we'll be able to give him a bit of a roar. Lovely. Six places on the Betfair Sportsbook for the Aintree Grand National. Just before I get your naps, Tony, you wanted to mention the horse in the first race. Did you in the um, handicap hurdle there, three-miler? I, I, I bet two. Uh, mm. I bet it, the Caffits at 22 and 20s, I think. Okay. Uh, um, he ran a good race uh, at Cheltenham. I don't think Cheltenham's his track. He finished well into six there. I think back on a track that he does go well at, won a grade one there three years ago. 
with Daryl Jacob back on. Uh, the, the £7 claimer went all around the houses at, at Cheltenham. So I think if the catfish is still on a very good mark, the one that popped out at me, and I couldn't believe, the first one up went 14s. I thought, that's never going to last. So I was scrambling around trying to get that. And the next firm up, who I can't get on with, definitely anywhere, they went 16s. It's now into 10s. And the horse in question is party business. Now, I thought he'd be near enough favourite alongside Winter Fog. Uh, go back and have a look. He's running the Martin Pipe. You'll see why. He was bang last when nearly getting um, getting badly hampered at the second hurdle. Finished really well into fifth, despite getting hammered on the run-in. Uh, he's up to three miles for the first time, but he's got plenty of stamina influence in his pedigree. Go back and have a look at his finishing effort at, at Ascot Race, extended two mile five, and it's worked out really, really well. Um, and, you know, this is a horse that was still there, bang, uh, banging with every chance when coming down alongside Stage Star in the cello, the great, I oh, know, great one in all but name, but yeah, off, off his mark of, in the low 130s, I mean, party business is an absolute massive player here. And he's come a long way since um, the Warwick Stewards had a look at him uh, first time out as well. So, yeah, I think party business is a big, big player. If you can get 10 to 1 or bigger, I think that's a very good bet in the opener. Snap it up in the opener. Right, gents. Okay, your best bets today, then. I'm going to go for an Edward Stone flooring porter double to kick us off the weekend in style. Kevin Blake, what do you fancy? Yeah, if, if Barry will let me, I'll, I'll split my stake between Longhouse Poet and, and Joy Dallin in the big okay. one win only. International. Okay, good stuff. Dan Barber? Well, after Notebook wins on Friday, I'll be going for the clean sweep of National Fence winning tips. And I'm going to continue that on Saturday with a Claire Surf win only, please. Claire Surf, nap for Dan and the Grand National and Tony Calvin. Party business opener, 145 Aintree Saturday. Lovely. Party business in the first race at Aintree. Enjoy the Grand National meeting, guys. Um, the Grand National Day, I should say. It should be a cracker. Hopefully the weather plays ball as well. And hope you enjoyed the coverage. Uh, very very the quickly, last. lads. How's your look in the National, everyone? Hugh, have you back many winners of it? Shocking. 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 Dan? Yeah. I've gone to pieces lately, but I did have a good spell with the likes of Bella Briggs and Neptune Collange and Aurora's Encore, and I've been a blank since. Go ahead, TC. Uh, I've blanked since Neptune Collange, but I won a, a fair chunk that day. But well, that, that's 12, that's 10 years ago. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, pretty appalling, really. What about you, Kev? <laughs> yeah, I, I back Bella Briggs, but I have just been on some of the most miserable losers of the national in recent history, like Clan Royal when Liam, Liam Cooper lost his sat nav, of, of, <laughs> nearly went the wrong way, um, shut the front door. Um, I cut any second now last year. I, I, all the shocking, unlucky losers in the last like 15 years, I've been on all of them, I reckon. Oh, well, <laughs> right. Right. Well, so maybe, maybe, maybe have a think before you follow us over the cliff there. The national that's right. I'm okay, due, I'm stop. due. Thanks for your company, Jeremy. Bad luck. Who would have thought? <laughs> exactly. Back with Wade in on Monday morning with uh, Vanessa as well. Enjoy the last day, and we'll talk to you soon.